Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. Um, morning. Welcome to 2022. Um, and I, I bless God that we've all been able to make it into this new year. And I thank God for all that he has for us. Um, it would be good if we muted our, our mic so that um, there's no noise from the background that is you know, seeping in at any point in time. But when it's time to pray, we can all unmute our microphones and pray together. Um, let's just stay together. I hope that you've gotten up, maybe washed your face, if possible, you know, get your Bible, your journal, and sit up, you know, just, just sit up on your bed. Don't, don't lie down, um, don't slouch, just sit up. Uh, so that the next hour, hour and a half, we, we can maximize it. Um, what, what the Lord um, said to me, the picture he painted for me um, with these sessions is that it's just going to be two weeks um, of us praying together, journeying together, but also of teaching and empowerment. So um, I'm going to be using a slide that, um, some slides that I put together in the next two weeks, a whole curriculum on how to um, stretch the boundaries of your life and the reason why the Lord was saying this to me is because um, I found out that many times when we uh, when people come into a new season what stops them from actually apprehending all that God has got for them um, is not the lack of grace it's not the lack of the resources of heaven it is the, the lack of their of them to be able to change and to evolve and to embrace the new and you know so when people talk about new they usually think about only the things that God will do um, and how you know all the grace will just you know come towards them and every single thing that the Lord wants will begin to happen as opposed to their own responsibility and the role that they have to play in actually making these things come to pass and so in the realm of the spirit there are different mechanisms by which people actually arrive at the fullness of God. And, you know, because um, now we have turned spirituality into something that is intangible, people tend to not see the work and the labor that is involved um, in actually birthing the things of the spirit. And so when we pray, prayer should be able to open doors of enlightenment and doors of strategy, you know, and doors of instruction onto us. That is what happens when we pray. So that a man that went into prayer small, this prayer bigger than he actually went in. Um, you, you went into prayer confused. You leave the place of prayer enlightened. You went into prayer fearful, but you leave the place of prayer bold. And so what, what does that translate into your day-to-day -day life? What does that translate into your day-to-day -day living? It actually translates into to someone that is able to engage life more effectively. It translates into someone that is able to manage their relationships better. It translates into someone that understands how to manage and make money better. It translates into someone that is able to do the things that God has called them to do and without the consistent fear of whether or not it will work. It translates into someone that has an understanding and someone that has the capacity to be able to fulfill all the obligations that the Lord has laid for them. So in the next two weeks, um, as we pray, as we study, I would like you to also write on the journal beside you all the things that God would have you do and pray into them. I need you to take your life, you know, more seriously than you've ever done. 
you know, and I need you to, to, to rise up with a new kind of determination, but not the determination that comes out of the flesh, but the determination that comes out of the spirit, you know, knowing fully well that the ability to will and to do comes from God, but seeing that it comes from God, we must then make straight a path in the realm of the spirit that, 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 that leads straight, straight to the throne of God, and we must keep this path open consistently so that at every point in time during the day or during the night that the grace and the oil and the resources and the, 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 the instructions and inspiration of God will flow towards us on a daily consistent basis. We must make straight that part. And so I usually tell people, I said, I say to them, I say the reason why you know, many times we don't fulfill the things we're supposed to do is because we don't know the, the, the value of our lives. I know, and I was saying to someone, I said, the reason why I will boldly, you know, insist on certain things or boldly ask for certain things as it pertains to me and pertains to the fulfillment of my destiny is not because I'm proud or arrogant or selfish. I say it's because I understand the investment of heaven in me. And I understand the place that I stand in the agenda of God for the age to come. And so when I invest in my life, when I invest prayer, when I invest intercession, when I ask people pray for me, when I invest resources, it's because I understand that in me um, doing the things I'm supposed to do, I am actually performing or helping heaven arrive at the desire of God. So at this point in time, EC ceases to be just a person. EC becomes a mark of things to come. EC becomes an office in itself. So it's not just about the individual. It now becomes what does the in, what is the individual meant to fulfill in the midst of this great plan of heaven and earth. And so when you begin to see your life as not just an individual or a person with all the mess and the issues and the troubles, but you actually see your life as a piece of the puzzle that is in that, that, that if, it, if this puzzle is not complete, if this piece is not in place, all the things that heaven has to fulfill in this season will not happen, then you take life more seriously. I say your life is a field of wealth. Your life is greater and bigger than an oil field. And so if people would invest so much in exploring and bringing um, and, and developing all that is within such fields, let alone you. In the next two weeks, I pray that the spirit of God is going to cause there to be um, a new kind of sensi sensitivity, a rise of a new kind of you know, fragrance and a rise of a new kind of desire inside of you. That as we pray and as we learn that the spirit of God would lead you into things. And, you know, I sense that there are some people that there are things that you even wrote down like eight years ago and you had closed that chapter. You have said to yourself, you know what? This is gone. This is over. You know, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. This project is behind me. I sense that as, as we pray in this season, people are going to dust some journals and, and pull them down and, and open them up. And you're going to look at things that you wrote in 2008. You're going to look at things that you wrote in 2015. And, you know, the spirit of God is just going to cause your heart to be filled once again with a desire for those things to be fulfilled. When the Lord begins to do that, please do not step away from it. Please do not hold back. I will need you to just, you know, take the time um, to, to drill in into those 
resources and to take the time to analyze it again because a grace is being released from heaven to fulfill the things that you could not fulfill before. A grace is being released from heaven for you to be able to accomplish the things that you could not accomplish before. So as we pray and as the Lord begins to lead you back to old writings, old journals and and old plans and old blueprints, please do do not turn away from me. Do not say, oh, that's in the past, but I need you to pick it up. It may even go as far back as 2008. Pick it up and try it again and start again. It may be books you started writing. Um, it may be projects you, you, you started, but you stopped. Once the spirit of God prompts you, please go back. There is grace. There is oil in this place for you to fulfill the things that you could not fulfill before. Amen. Praise God. So I welcome you all to prayer rain. Um, I, and I know that this is, is going to do a great work in us. You know, in the past three weeks, I've not been able to get away from the book of um, Revelation. And it is because um, I, I sent in my spirit that, I, I mean, the Lord has just been taking me back there, back there over and over again. And I've just been reading and studying over and over again, you know, about the mystery Babylon and, you know, the beast and the system of the beast and, you know, the mark and all of that. And for me, it, it is very crucial because if you do not know the time in which you leave, irrespective of how much you pray, um, you will not be able to position yourself to fulfill because um, the understanding of times and seasons um, enables a man to effectively um, to effectively invest his resources in the right places. And that trickles down from things like, oh, you know, prayer, church, you know, of your service to God, even down to your investment of your finances and investment in your family and investment in your relationship, just your ability to, um, to know what time it is. And, you know, in, in taking the time to study and all of that, it's, it's obvious to, to us that um, we are standing not at the end, as we know it, but we are actually standing at the precursor, at the entry points to something very major. And so we are a transition generation. Um, we are a generation of people that must get used to change and we must get used to um, you know, things looking one way today and looking another way um, the next. We, we must get used to all of that um, because a lot of things will evolve and a lot of things will change in our generation. Um, and so in, in, in studying about um, the beast and studying about mystery Babylon, um, you realize that even from the beginning of time, um, from the days of Nimrod and from the days of the Tower of Babel, um, you, you, you see that um, the whole idea of false religion began from that, you know, and, and, you know, just trickled all the way down to the Babylonian system and trickled to Rome and then, you know, um, to the church and even till today in all celebrating things like Easter and, you know, the, all the dates in the Gregorian calendar that has been given to us in terms of, you know, what, what when to celebrate what and when to do what. And when, when you think about how through time, um, even the knowledge of times and seasons has been corrupted. When you think about it in that way, you realize that 
you know, there are a lot of things that are out of order even in, in today's church. And I don't mean it in a condemning way. I mean it in terms of knowledge and understanding. A lot of things are out of order and a lot of things are out of place, you know. And part of what God is going to be doing is releasing knowledge and revelation to us so that we can rightly position ourselves. But then also you realize that whatever it is that the Antichrist is going to do in the in the years to come or in the seasons to come is going to ride upon um, a, 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 a religious system of lies. And when you look at that, you realize, and that's what you know, the Bible refers to as mystery Babylon is like a mystery, but it's Babylon actually embedded within Christendom. And you will see all of that rising in terms of traditions and cultures and things that, you know, may look spiritual. But when you drill down to the root of it, you realize that Christ is not in it. So one of the things that a believer must have in this season is the knowledge of God, is the knowledge of Christ, is the knowledge of true spirituality. And God must open your eyes. And so when you talk about things like the prophetic and revelation in this season, it goes beyond prophecy. It's for your preservation in the faith because of where we stand in the end time agenda. It's for your preservation. And so one of the things I want us to pray about this morning, first of all, is that, Lord, give me eyes that can see. Father, make my spirit sensitive to the truth. Father, in this season, lead me to the places, lead me to the people, lead me to the resources that will enable me. Let's pray together. Father, do not let me stumble in darkness. Do not let me stumble in darkness, but open my eyes and cause me to see. Father, open my eyes and cause me to see. Enable me, oh God, to be able to engage with the things of the Spirit. Enable me, oh God, to be able to engage with the things of the Spirit. Spirit of God, open my eyes, Jesus. Open my eyes, Holy Spirit. I see things Open my eyes to see your boss. Jesus, open my eyes to see Revelation Thank you. 
Lord, we thank you. God, we ask, oh God, that in this season that you would meet with us afresh, that you would meet with us anew, that the spirit of revelation, oh God, would meet with your people. God, I ask that if there is any sense that we have in the spirit that has become dull or that has died, oh God, by reason of the previous journeys of life, that now in the name of Jesus, let those senses be reawakened. In the name of Jesus, let them come alive. In the name of Jesus, let those senses be reawakened. Father God, what, how, how powerful can a man be? If he's blind, if he's deaf, that man is doomed for death, Lord, because he's unable to tell when danger is approaching. And so, God, I ask that in the name of Jesus, that you would awaken the senses of your people. That once again, Lord, they'll be able to see, that once again, you'll be able to hear, that once again, you'll be able to engage with the realm of the Spirit. On this call, oh God, we receive a visitation from heaven. Receive a visitation from heaven, that the fire of the Holy Ghost will come upon them, oh God, afresh. That Lord Jesus, when they go about their daily affairs and they go about the normal things in life, that they will hear you, that they will see you, that they will feel you. Lord, we thank you that Thank you. 
Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you. Um, I, I don't know if um, Pastor Bumi George is on this call, but while we we're praying, I, I kept seeing um, her working in her studio office while we we're praying for just depth of engagement in the realm of the spirit. And it almost felt like in the midst of doing the usual of uh, making juries and all of that, um, I, I could just see the spirit of God stripping in and in the thing that was usual come on to her, the Lord began to birth revelation out of the understanding of gems and precious stones. And it was like in the midst of that simple day-to-day act, the spirit of God, you know, just swept into her, her workplace in the midst of preparing the jewelry. And it was almost as though um, she was going to, to, to bring about some kind of stirring and some kind of revival, even mm. in that industry, even in the midst of engaging with people. Just in the normal day-to-day walk, the Spirit of God is going to visit, and the Spirit of God is going to come upon, and the Spirit of God is going to heal um, that place of labor, so that it becomes a place of revival. And that, you know, inconsequential as it came to the outworking of the kingdom, would become very relevant. And the Lord is going to use that, which seems simple, and the Lord is going to use it to bring such a new flow of His Spirit. Into that industry and into that area and into that space. And so, God, we say yes and amen. And we ask that and we're just going to be mighty upon your daughter. And I pray that you begin to show her uh, pathways by which she can birth um, these spiritual depths, oh God, within that space that she's in, in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Um, And so, in Isaiah 58, it began to speak about um, the fasts. And it says, cry aloud, spare not, lift your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people that transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Let yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have you fasted? So here is the Lord saying, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. He says, yet they seek me. So basically he's saying, these guys are coming to me. These guys are seeking me these guys have joined prayer calls these guys are like lord we want to know you god you know they are they are praying he said but they have not addressed the very thing that i need them to address he says tell them their sins tell them their transgression tell the house of jacob what it is doing wrong 
You know, he says, yes, they seek me daily. So how is it that they can be seeking him daily and yet they don't know their transgressions? How is it that they can be seeking him daily and yet they don't know their sin? How is this even possible? But God says, hey, go and tell them. He says, yet they come to me and ask me for my ordinances and they ask me for justice. They even delight in approaching me. They even delight in fasting and praying. But still, they, they haven't addressed the things that need to be addressed. And as we go into this time of fasting, I, I need you to have a sincere interaction with God. Have a sincere interaction with God. I pray that maybe at some point during this, this, this time of you know, prayer, fasting, that the Lord will permit me to share about the system called God. Have a, have a sincere interaction because God is not um, like what, what people in Africa worship or everywhere. It's not, it's not one deity sitting somewhere. The God of Christianity in himself is a system of operation. And so the things that we have called intangible and the commandments of God and the things like hope, faith, love, peace, unity, all of these things are not just mushy, mushy things. These are the pillars in the spirit that empower a human being to function optimally. So when you are engaging with God and you are engaging in truth and you are coming to receive everything that he has for you, something happens to your life. You, be, you are transformed from being just a human being walking around in the system of the world. You actually are transformed into becoming a deity in its sense because the Bible says you are a God and every single thing about you becomes like a gate, becomes like a pathway, becomes like a, 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 a force in the realm of the spirit. And so when you engage with God, do not engage with him with darkness hidden in your heart. Engage with him with, um, with truth and with the need to, to receive everything that he has for you. If the Lord says to you, hey, I need you to check that area of your life, check that area of your life. You need to trust the Lord. You cannot come to God with iniquity lying in your heart. You cannot come to God when you have resolved the position you want to take. It is to your own detriment. The Bible says a house that is divided against itself cannot stand. The reason why many things are not standing in your life, the reason why you are not standing in many areas is because there's a great division within you. It is not the division in your nation that is your biggest problem. It is the division within your soul. The division within your spirit, the division within your mind. And so you need to come to a place where you are resolute about being one with God, where your very life becomes a pathway through which the Lord can flow into the world, where you, be, where you become a channel and you become a vessel and you become a living dwelling place for Jehovah himself. This is what prayer should do for you. It is almost like shifting and turning and reorienting your spirit to come into full alignment with the Lord. He says, they seek my ordinances, they come to me, but please tell them what their problem is. So this morning, I want you to raise a prayer and say, God, even the things in me that I cannot see, that are wrestling against you, that are wrestling against your way, 
that are wrestling against your your, your path, Father, reveal them to me. Speak to me, Lord. Show me, Father. Open my eyes. Cause me to see. Father, I want this to be a time where you clear the house of my spirit. Clear the house of my soul, God. God, if there is anything inside of me that fights and contends against your will, Jesus, let this be the time when you take care of it. Lord, I don't want to speak to Oh God, have patience. I don't want to step into this. Oh God, with the work I my ankle, but Lord, I want to engage the spirit. And I want your spirit to engage with the God. Let your war engage you. Let your spirit engage you. Let it confront you. Let it confront the smallness. Let it confront the pride. Let it confront the weakness. Let it confront the strength that I have. God, may it come back. Part of the things that God said to me about this year is that it's going to be the year of great revealing. It's going to be the year of great revealing. Let me tell you something. Stop ready this year for a lot of secrets to be leaked. 
get ready this year for things to be put um, on social media, things to be put on TV, for a lot of secrets to be leaked, even on the governmental level and down to the individual level. And the reason for the revealing is so that the true redemption of God can come. It's so that the true restoration of God can come. Mm-hmm. And so even in your life personally, mm-hmm. this will be the year of revealing, where the mm-hmm. things that had left in darkness mm-hmm. and the things that had built monuments in darkness, where they'll be taken down by reason of the light of God that will permeate you, by reason of the light of God that will permeate your life and permeate your family and permeate your system. For people who have been praying and saying, God, show me, show me where is it going wrong? God, show me what is the problem? God is going to begin to reveal to you this year. You will see things and you will know things about people around you that will shock you. God will show you people that have been weak, that have weakened you. God will show you um, even like best friends that have been there for 18 years, but have been working against you. God will show you things in your houses. God will show you um, the times and the people that have, you know, stood in your family and even sometimes molested your kids. God will begin to reveal to you things about your spouses that will shock a lot of people because this will be the year of great revealing. It will almost become as though there is nothing like secret. And people begin to say, how is it that it's so easy for me to know these things? The things that were hidden before, God is about to shine his light. Because redemption is coming. Mm-hmm. Redemption is coming. The, 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 the enemy had held so has held so many people bound by reason of lies and secrecy. And he has hidden even some things in the spirit and in the souls of some people that they don't even know those things are there. And those things have been weakening them. And everything that you have sought to be over the years, and everything you have sought to establish, those things that the enemy has hidden, those things have consistently weakened the things you have built. But this year, God is revealing them and he's showing them to his people so that you can be strong, so that you can build with a new sense of Accuracy, so that you can know where to uh, put your resources and how to wage your good warfare. And so I pray that the Spirit of God will cause the light of enlightenment to come upon you. Everything that needs to be known will be known. I pray that the Lord will begin from within you, from within you, from within you. And God will start to show you things. And when the flood of revelation comes, I pray that you will not fight against it. I pray that you will not fight But I pray that God will give you the strength and the boldness to receive. I pray that God will give you the capacity um, to to, to receive everything that He's showing to you, to do what is necessary with the information in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 I need to know that you guys are here. I have 117 people on this call. If you haven't fallen asleep, I need your responses. I need you to put on the chat. I need to know you are here. Um, amen. Amen. Um, amen. 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 It says, yet they seek me daily, verse 2. I'm reading Isaiah 58. It says, and they Amen. Hallelujah. Righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of our God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have you fasted, they say, and you have not seen? 
Why have we afflicted our souls and you have not noticed? In fact, in that day of your fast, you find pleasure and you exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and for debate and to strike with the feast of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice head on high. Is, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that to break every yoke? Now, let's step back a little bit. He says, you ask people say, oh God, I have fasted, I have prayed, but I'm not seeing anything, nothing is happening. He says, why have you afflicted your soul? He says, in the day that you fast, you are exploiting your workers. In the day that you fast, um, you are fasting for strife and for debate. He says, you strike the feast of wickedness, you still do wicked things. He says, you will you not fast this day to make your voice known on high? Is this a fast that I have chosen so that they will say, Ah, you prayed, you, you know, you joined the prayer call? Is, that, is this a fast that I have chosen? Is this so that you will say, Oh, I didn't eat from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m.? He says, That's not what this is about. He says, But listen, break the bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, break the yoke, share your bread with the hungry. Bring people to your, bring the poor to your house, those that are cast out. You know, if you see the one that is naked, cover him. You know, don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, when you read these things, they are both literal and they are spiritual. It says, break the bonds of wickedness. Let the oppressed go free. These things remind me of Isaiah 61. Then he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, um, to bring news to the tidings, to set the captives free, to do this, to do all of that. It reminds me of Isaiah 61. When you read this, the day of fasting is the day of deliverance. The day of fasting is the day when you set people free. The day of fasting is the day when you bring healing to people. The day of fasting is the day where, you know, you, you bring deliverance to people. That's what the Lord was saying, that the mark of a true fast is that the supernatural begins to happen. The mark of a true fast is that liberation starts coming to people. The mark of a true fast is that the idols and the altars in your houses and in your families are broken. The mark of a true fast is that the person with an addiction in your house, that addiction is broken of them. He says, this is what the fast is. He says that you share your bread with, with somebody. Your bread is not just your physical bread in terms of food, but it is also the bread of the word, the bread of revelation, the bread of the knowledge of God. He says, when you are in a time of a fast, that is when, when somebody calls you, you say, you know what? Before you go, there's this scripture that the Lord has been speaking to me about. Let me just share it with you. It is a time of a fast that when people come to your house, as you are giving them that drink, you are also giving them a word. You share your bread with your brother. It is a time when you deliver people. You don't turn your face away. You hear that somebody has got a struggle. You tell them, let us pray. Let us pray about it. You know, let us trust God for a miracle. You hold the hands of your brother and you say, you know what? The, the, the spirit of God, the Bible says that he's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Let us trust the Lord that, you know, his spirit is going to come upon you. The day of the fast is when you baptize people in the Holy Ghost. You baptize your children in the Holy Ghost. He says, this is the fast that is acceptable to the Lord. 
He says, when you do these things, when you don't hide yourself from your own brother, <coughs> you don't hide yourself from people. He says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord God will answer. He will cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst and the pointing of fingers, you know, speaking against people and gossip, if you take these things away, the speaking of wickedness, you know, if you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy, because how do you extend your soul to the hungry? How a person that is hungry, is this soul you give them to eat? He says, so when he says extend your soul to the hungry, he was not talking about physical food. He was talking about those that are actually spiritually hungry, those that are broken, those that need restoration, those that need help. He said, you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul. So people that are broken, you satisfy them, you help them, you bring them into the knowledge of truth. He says, then your light Shall, shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. I needed to understand that the solutions you are finding, you are looking for by reason of fasting, they are in you actually bringing people into the light and the knowledge of God. It is as you do those things that the Lord meets with you and your own light begins to break forth. He says, the Lord will guide you continually when you do these things. He says, and he will satisfy your soul in the time of drought. You can finish reading the scripture. It's Isaiah 58. But the Lord in this scripture was telling us what a true fast looks like and how we should position ourselves. So as you go into this season of praying and fasting, I'm just laying foundation today. I'm just laying foundation today. Like I said to you, by the time these two weeks is over, by the time the two weeks is over, you're going to have notes, you're going to have journals, you're going to have written things, um, and you're going to have come into a new place of strength. But today I laid the foundation. He says, this is the true fast. Not that you afflict your soul. Not that you keep yourself from bread. Not that you keep yourself from water. Yes, these things are good. They are meant to awaken your spirit. They are meant to kill the flesh so that you become more sensitive in the spirit. But God says, what is the purpose of doing that? He began by saying, tell them their sin and tell them their mistake. Tell them the thing that they have been doing wrong. He says they have been fasting so that their voice will be heard on high, so that it will be said that, ah, they are fasting. They are afflicting themselves wearing sackcloth. He said that is not what a true fast is. A true fast is that you bring liberation to people and you bring deliverance to people. So as we go into these two weeks, I need you to become extra sensitive. As you are working in your office, to that person that stands at the gate. In this season, take a second look at the people that help you and the people that stand at the gate. Do they know they are the Lord? Do not hold back yourself from your brother, from your sister. Join hands with them. If there's somebody that has called you and said, hey, I'm struggling. I have this issue. Pray with them. Believe God for a miracle. He says, this is the fast. He said, when you do this, then your light will break forth. Then the Lord will come upon you. He will be your guidance. Then your night will become like the noonday. Even the time when people will say, ah, there's darkness everywhere. It will be like the afternoon to you. He says, why? Because you are not holding back anymore. You are giving yourself, you are giving your soul to the afflicted one, to the one whose soul is afflicted. Bring them back to life and bring them to God. So this is the season where all of us become evangelists.
Mm. where all of us begin to walk in the strength of the fivefold ministry mm. where everyone in this call begins mm. to reach out to their brother this is not the time to have secret salvation mm. or to have secret mm. to be secret born again no mm. this is the time to make your faith public mm. and to make the life of god in you know this mm. is the time where your family will say ah, ah is enough what is all this one now that you are doing do not hold back yourself mm. he says when you do these things then the Lord, the light of God will break over you. And so I need you to pray now and say, God, give me the boldness. Give me the courage to make my faith known. Give me the courage, Lord, to believe you for miracles. Help me, Father, as I meet with people daily, as I engage with people. Father, let miracles break forth. Here are my hands, oh God. Father, anoint my hands afresh. God, anoint my head afresh. So that as I stretch myself to reach out to people, as I minister, I believe you, oh God, for my God. And I believe you, oh God, for my Jesus, <laughs> 
and as I do that I will extend it once again through you and as I miracles in your life, you also will become a miracle worker. But God says, I don't want you to limit your ability to do miracles. I don't want you to limit it to only the things that happen to you first. I need you to believe that I can do through you, even the things that you have not experienced. So two things I want to share while we're praying. Number one, I sense that when we're praying to become deliverers and liberators and people who set the captives free, I began to see the Spirit of God speaking about economic deliverers, financial liberators. What God is going to be doing for some people on this call is that God is going to be invading your mind. I see some people who are called into government and people who God is going to give a voice in terms of the economy. 
And the Amen. Lord is about to invade you with inspiration from on high. You are Amen. going to begin to write books and policies about Amen. economy. And you know, Amen. right now, the Lord is drilling down into Africa. And there is somebody on this call, and I says it's a lady. The Spirit of God is going to overwhelm you in the season Amen. that is coming. Yes. And as you are called up to that place and called up to the level to speak on a governmental level, the Lord says, do not shut it down. He says, because I am about to take take over your mind and I am Amen. about to take over your understanding and I'm going to cause you to write things that generations to come will thank you for. There is a new anointing that is coming upon you in this season and the Lord is anointing you with the ability to become an economic deliverer and you are going to design and you're going to begin to um, just give lease to nations, lease, and it's almost like the Lord is going to make you so great that they will call you and they will tell you I tell you, show us how to set our nation free. Amen. It's going to be the anointing of God that is coming upon you. It, it is so strong that it's on the level of fighting principalities and powers over nations and over regions. So while the evangelists and the apostles will go in, um, in terms of how we know it to be in the religious way, you are going to sweep in and you are also going to liberate the nation in an economic mm. way. And so, Father, I just thank you for whoever this person is or these people are, even to those Amen. that you're giving new insights into financial sectors and how they're going to begin to cause the market to change and how they're going to begin to bring value back to money and value back to the financial system. Father, I thank you because you are anointing them, oh God. I thank you because you are anointing them. I thank you, Father, because you are anointing new kinds of spiritual people, spiritual therapists, the spiritual psychologists, people who are going to begin to liberate the minds of people and they're going to break the hand of the spirit, the, the, the principality that operates, that, that brings about depression and brings about sadness and brings about suicide. God, I thank you because you are anointing new generals in the faith to be able to come up with new principles to write books and to hold seminars and we break the hand of this demonic in the name of Jesus. Because they are going to reduce the suicide rate, oh God. Through them, we are going to reduce the rate of depression in this generation. In the name of Jesus, let your anointing come upon them now. Let your anointing come upon them now. Let your anointing come upon them now. In the name of Jesus, I see it, I see it, I see it. There are some people here, you're going to write books, you're going to hold seminars. And when people walk out of here, they will say, my goodness, it was like a load left me. But what they don't understand is that you are going to hold those seminars with the host of heaven. And even though you are speaking the language of science, but you are going to the 
You know, there is something called the seven spirit of God. And like I said to you at the beginning of the call, God is not just a deity. God is a system of operation. If God is the fullness of revelation and knowledge, and all things that need to be known are in the Lord. There is nothing that I have had to teach about, whether within the context of teaching as a pastor or teaching as a trainer, that I did not get understanding from God. Any topic, all I need is to sit with the Lord and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost comes and I create curriculum. I don't use, I have over 12 curriculums and I don't use people's materials to develop curriculum. I sit down and the Lord gives me pages upon pages of materials. Mm. It's possible for the heavens over your head to open and for the inspiration of the, of the Most High to come upon you. And you begin to develop things that will build up generations. So I pray that the door of revelation opens over you. The door of revelation. Amen. The spirit of knowledge. Amen. The spirit of understanding. Amen. So that you begin to enjoy it. The way you are looking at my face now on Zoom, 
I pray that you begin to look at the face of understanding like that. Everything, the simple things in life, God will teach you. God is God is shooting out people from here mm-hmm. and I saw it mm-hmm. so clearly liberators was what Lord called Amen. liberators we are going to liberate this generation we are going to liberate this generation and it was almost as though um, I saw the picture of Moses in Egypt and I saw the picture of Moses standing before Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. And I said that the Lord is going to cause you to begin to confront the Pharaohs of our time. Mm-hmm. You are going to have the courage and the audacity. But you see, you're not just going to stand in front of Pharaoh to say, let my people go. But God is going to give you a rod. And you're going to use this rod to overcome the rod of Pharaoh. Because why? Every king has got a scepter. And every king rules by his scepter. Every king rules by his rod. If you are going to confront a king or you are going to confront the spirit of our sisters, you need your scepter and you also need your own rod. And so God said to Moses, you will use this rod to confront the rod of Pharaoh. So God is putting a rod in your hand. And it is not a new rod that you have never seen before. It is the rod you have been using to tend the sheep. It is the rod you have been using to chase away the lion and the bear. It is the rod you have been using to climb mountains all these years. But the spirit of God is about to come upon your rod. And the rod of Simuka is about to become the rod of God. And the rod of Simuka is about to become the rod of God. And the business of James is about to become the business of God. And the school of Foluke is about to become the school of God. Because that same rod that you have been holding all these years, the spirit of God, is coming upon that same rod in the name of Jesus. And that which was usual and that which was regular is becoming supernatural in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will live the faith and you will be the people of God in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I was sharing this with a group of people. I was sharing this with a couple of people concerning Exodus and the work of Moses. And I'm going to share it here before we go. And I need you to hear me very clearly because you see, I am a product of the empowerment of the spirit. There is nothing special about my background. There is nothing supernatural about the way I grew up. The only thing about my life is that I have learned to become PI of the most high, by the most high, for the most high. So I am like, I am am sandwiched in between the will of God and the spirit of God and the nature of God and the throne of God. So if you look for me, you can find me within the constituency of the Godhead. And so the things that make me powerful uh, is because I am within the Lord and I am locked in the Lord. And any man who is wise would know that the way to become powerful is be 
drenched in the Lord. The oh, Lord can take yeah. you in your simplicity and your weakness, and the Lord can turn you into a fireball when you find yourself embedded within Jesus. So lock yourself in God. Put yourself in God. Consistently say to your soul and to your spirit that you are subject to the Lord because I don't want any strength that is outside of God. You see, this world is too complicated for me to try to journey on my, on my own. This world is too dangerous for me to try to be my own bodyguard. I need to stay in Jesus so that as I come, people will see the Lord so that when I speak, people will feel the Lord because he's the one that has conquered heaven and the earth. If I can be in him, then I also will conquer heavens and earth. Every time I speak and every time I move, this is the secret of greatness. This is the secret of power that you are hid in Christ and Christ is hid in God. To hide something is to put it in a way where people cannot easily find it. So when people are looking for you and they are looking for your background and they are looking for your lineage and they are looking for your weakness, they cannot find it. Why? Because you are hid in Christ. You are hid in Christ. They can't find it. So every time they look for you, what they find is Jesus. What they find is Jesus. And Christ in himself is hid in God. That's why Mm -hmm. if you try to catch the natural man that lived, you cannot find that man anymore. Why? Because he's not engulfed by the Godhead. So Christ is hid in God. We also are hid in Christ. This is what makes us powerful. This is what makes us whole. Be hid in Christ. In Exodus chapter 4, here is Moses, God telling him, you are going to be a liberator. The way God is saying to some people on this phone, you are going to rescue sister. You are going to rescue education. You are about to rescue media and entertainment. The Lord was saying this to Moses, and I need you to hear me with your spiritual ears. And Moses was saying to the Lord, it cannot be me. I can't do these things. It's impossible. And in Exodus 4, verse 10, then Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. He says, not even before this call. This prayer call, or now that prayer has prophesied this thing, I don't feel anything. I don't think, I don't feel like I'm a liberator. He says, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. He says, but I am slow of speech and I am slow of tongue. And I was explaining to them, the moment you put but in a statement, you are negating the thing that was said before. So Moses says I to the Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken. He said, but I am slow of speech. That means what he was now saying afterwards negates the fact that he's not eloquent. So, but you will now say to yourself, ah, but he says I am slow of speech, I am slow of song. So checking that word slow is actually the Hebrew word kabod. And the Hebrew word kabod means glory or weightiness, the measure of weight. So here is Moses. He, Moses wasn't saying, I'm not eloquent because I talk slowly, because you know I'm a really dull guy. That wasn't what Moses was saying. Moses was saying, I am not eloquent, but I know I have cabot speech and I have cabot talk. I know I have witty things to say. I know I have knowledge. I know I am destined for greatness. I know that prophecies have come concerning me. I know that there are things that have said everywhere I go, people say to me, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. I know that I have something to bring to the government. I know that I have something to bring to the systems. I know, Lord, I have weighty, I have glorious things inside of me, but I'm not eloquent, but I don't know how to present it. 
but I don't know how to disseminate it. But I don't know how to put it to the world in a way where they will receive it. What was God's response to him? God says, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? He said, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute? Who makes the deaf? Who makes the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you shall see. He said to Moses, he said, I hear you. I hear you. You are frustrated because you know you have a lot more to give. You start and you stop. You start and you stop. It is almost like you are in a recurrent cycle that proves to you consistently that you cannot make anything out of your life. He says, but Moses, I am telling you now, today, 2022, that you are my chosen liberator. You are the one that will go for me. Moses is saying, but God, I'm not eloquent. God, I don't have the structure. God, I am not administrative. God, I don't have the people who will help me. God says, who is it that has made the mouth? Who is it that creates the structure? Who is it that makes it possible for people to build systems? Am I not the God that was with Joseph? How could a man come out of the prison and, and write economic policies that rescue the nation? How is that even possible? He was not educated. He did not go to Harvard. He did not go to Stanford. He doesn't have any of that background. He had no CV. But he became the one that liberated the nation. At that time, Egypt was the wealthiest nation. Egypt was a world leader. At that time, Egypt had the most intelligent people. How can a man with no background come out and lead that nation and bring them to deliverance? He says, am I not the God of the mouth? And so this message is for somebody here. The Lord is saying to you, I will be with your content and I will be with your structure. Amen. I will be the one that will inspire you and I will also be the one that will give you the structure and the system by which your inspiration can be disseminated to the world. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need you to pray for yourself. You see, when you pray, something is happening to you. You are breaking the walls and breaking the chains and losing the captivity. And you are telling heaven that you are ready for whatever God has for you. So, Jesus, the one that was able to take Moses and you were to him into a man that shook the strongest governmental system of his life. Thank you. 
Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. 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 In that Exodus 4, verse 2, he says, So the Lord said to him, What is it that is in your hand? He said, Lord. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. He says, what is it that is in your hand? He said, a rod. In those days, the rod of a shepherd was everything to the rod. It was, it was to the shepherd. It was his identity. It was his weapon. It was, you know, what he used to do, his work. It was everything to the shepherd. But one other thing is that word for rod is also the Hebrew word for tribe. So when he says, what is in your hand? Moses was basically saying, it's also my tribe. It's also my lineage. It's also where I have come from. It's also my family line. That's what I'm holding, my history. And God said, cast it down. This is the process and the protocol by which the moral rod of Moses becomes the rod of God. Cast down. It must first be cast down. Not because it's useless. Not because it is worthless, but because in the casting down is where the transformation of the rod happens. Mm-hmm. And so God said to him, cast it to the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. For some of you, you have cast down your rod in the past. And when you saw the serpent, you ran away. You are like, eh, you mean this business is like this? I'm not going there anymore. You are like, mm-hmm. what? This industry is like this. Lord, I'm not going anymore. You are like, what? Marriage is like this. Where's my divorce attorney? Quickly. You cast down your rod. And the moment you saw the serpent embedded in the very thing that you have been holding all your life, the moment you realized that, my goodness, my family is not as perfect as I thought, you ran away from the rod. But the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. If there is anything that anybody knows, you never take carry a serpent by the tail. If not, its head is just going to turn around and bite you. But God said to Moses, carry it by the tail. Why? Because Moses, this time, I will be the one that will protect you. You are going to retake it back up in the spirit of vulnerability and trust in the Lord. You are going to pick it back up in faith. You're going to pick that business back up, trusting that I'm the one that will keep you. That the serpentine nature that resides within it is not going to come and bite you. I will protect you. Pick it Hallelujah. by its Pick it by its tail. Get yes. up. Pick up that child again by its tail. Pick up that marriage by its tail. 
Pick up your ministry calling by its tail. Pick up your relationships by its tail. Go and rebuild your life. The very road by which you walked, yes, the Lord has revealed to you so that you know what you are dealing with so that you will not depend on this rod anymore, so that you will not think your sufficiency is of the rod, so that you will not think that the rod can protect you, so that you will not think that the rod can be there for you, so that you would understand that the rod is a tool and an instrument for the fulfillment of purpose. But the true keeper and the true life in itself is God, not your rod. He says, pick it up by itself. He says, and he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became a rod in his hand. The moment Moses' hand touched it again, it became a rod again. Listen to me. The power, the power of resurrection is in your hand. The power of restoration is in your hand. The moment your hand touches it again, it will become a rod again. But this time it's not the rod that it used to be. I don't know who this is for, but there is somebody here that needs to go back and pick up that rod. But this time you are picking it up with God. This time you are picking it up in the presence of God. This time you will pick it up from the holy place. You will pray. You will cause the fire of God and the grace of God to be raised around you and within you. And as you touch that rod through the place of the fire, and the work of holiness, the Lord will cause it to become a rod again in your hand. Amen. The Lord said in verse 5, that they may believe that the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. He says that they might believe. That they might believe. The salvation of some people is in you picking up that rod. The liberation of some people is in you picking up that road. The faith of people is in you picking up that road. What you thought was dead and forgotten, if you touch it again from the place of an encounter with Jesus, people will believe that God is still alive. Mm. Don't let the enemy lie to you that his shame is so great. Ah, no, but no, pick it up. That shame is going to be converted into the very reason why men believe. The same word that was a serpent before God, when it stood before Pharaoh, it became a terror to Pharaoh. This is how God makes you a God to the Pharaohs of this world. Mm. You don't hide your weaknesses, the possibility of some serpentine things inside you, but you throw them before God and say, God, here I am. Here is how far I've gone. All the things I thought I had done is nothing. Lord, help me. As you cast it before God, he will give you the boldness to pick it up again. Mm -hmm. Right now, I want you to make this last prayer for me. Father, help me to pick it up again. Help me. Help me how to pick it up again. Father, give me to your to Lord, I'm Whatever I need to show you, how to Thank <laughs> you. 
every resource that I have lost, that I have lost, the resources I have lost, the systems I built, the business that has been lost, oh God. Now I don't know how to pick it up. And so I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus that you shall restore the things that have been lost. Amen. I say to you in the name of Jesus Amen. that the wind of restoration is coming into your life now. Amen. Let it break down the doors of limitation. Amen. Let it break down the doors of fear. Amen. Let it break down the doors of shame. The wind of restoration is breaking into your life now. Amen. I say to you, Moses, that you will not leave your role forever in the place of encounter yes some of you have left your road in the place of prayer you have left your road in the place of encounter you have left your road in the place of fasting you came you prayed you fasted but you never took your road and went with it mm. the spirit yes, of god Lord. says it's not enough to do the spiritual activities come on pick up your rod. Yes, pick up your rod. Yes, do not leave your rod in my presence i don't need your yes, rod in my prayers i need your rod in the house of favor i need your rod in the educational system i need your rod in the health system, in the world, in the religious system, I don't need a rod in the prayer Pick up your rod. Yes, I to you in the name of Jesus. And to those of you who are saying, I don't even know what my rod is, because the enemy has disillusioned you. Right now, as a man removes a mask from the face of another mask, I pull a mask covering from your eyes. I command your eyes to open. Amen. I said that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you see yourself for who you are. spiritual remembrance. I comfort a spiritual restoration of memory. Amen. Amen. who you are. Amen. And the that God has placed within you that you have lost for command it to be restored now in the name of Jesus. Yes. You do. I pray that God will give you the courage Amen. to step, out, step into everything He has for you. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Amen. And this is how we seize the war. We seize the war. Thank you, Isaiah fasted. Make sure you meditate upon it. This is the fact that acceptable to the Lord. Break the bonds of wickedness. Break the chains. In this season, do not turn your face away from anyone who needs prayer, who needs intercession, who, be, who needs the miraculous. Pray for them. Believe God for something to shift. This is the fact that acceptable 
that the fast is matched with signs and wonders. So yes. believe God for those signs and wonders. Yes. Shake, up Shake up your family. This is how we fast. Remember, study Isaiah 58. And remember, liberators are rising. So pick up Amen. your As we come tomorrow, I will begin to teach you um, for the curriculum that I have ready for you. And so it's going to be two weeks of teaching and praying, two weeks of teaching and praying, teaching and praying, teaching and praying. That's what we're going to do. And we'll build up the temple. And I trust the Lord that by the time we're done, that part will be set before you for 2022. Amen. And the prophecies that the Lord gave to me that I released on the 31st night, um, that will be made available on YouTube, but I will also teach you what each of those prophecies mean um, and how, you know, the keys that are inside, the instructions that are inside, the conditions that are inside and how you can tap into it. The Bible says, I charge you, you know, that you wage a good warfare by the prophetic word that has gone ahead of you. So prophecies are for warfare. Prophecies are instruments of war. So I will teach you how to take it and use it to fight. In the season that is coming so like i said this is the year of the great revealing it was one of the prophecies um so get ready for revelation to come and get ready to partner with the prophecy so that the things that need to be revealed will be revealed in your life so i will share each day i will take one of the prophecy and break it down and show you what it is as i also teach you and as we also pray we're just going to be joining together i, I usually don't pray with people because my prayer is funny you know i don't do this is the before prayer for tomorrow no we journey in prayer so stay with me but by the time you are done each day you will feel the spirit of god settle over you and you will know that you have touched god's throne so mm. god bless you god go with you god keep you god strengthen you Remember, we're fasting from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't eat food. Somebody said to me, Pia, you said we shouldn't drink water. If it's possible, don't drink water. But if you can't, please do. For those of you who have ulcer, please make sure you take something to line the walls of your stomach, but don't eat, don't eat serious food. You can eat a banana or you can have a piece of biscuit or something. If you have a medical condition, if you are pregnant, please do not fast. If you are pregnant, eat, don't fast. Or if you want to drink till like 12, go ahead. My son, I've told my eight-year-old we're fasting. So I've told him till 12 o'clock, he will fast till 12 or 11. So he told me last night, mommy, I'm just going to sleep till nine o'clock. I said, well, that's a good strategy. You sleep tonight before you wake up. It's almost 12. Uh, but the, the, the culture of fasting, get your children into it. In those days when there's a problem in Israel, everybody will fast. The Bible says even the baby sucking at the mother's breast will be removed from breastfeeding to fast. So get your children to fast. Get your staff to fast. Let your household get into it. Everybody get into the fast, you know, because something is about to break over your family. You can't be the only one carrying it. So get everybody into it. And I know that the Spirit of God will strengthen, will empower you, and God will be with you. 5.30 again tomorrow, I am here. I'll be waiting for you. I will pray. Part of what I will try to do is put the sessions on YouTube so that after now, through the year, we can be um, going through them. Nursing mothers, please make sure you take something while you're fasting. You may not eat heavy meals, you know, but just, you know, like a smoothie, you know, um, just light stuff while you, are, while you are fasting. But the whole idea of the fast, remember, like the Lord said, it's not that you punish yourself. But what the staying away from food and water does for you 
is that it just causes your spiritual man to be heightened because your flesh is not being satisfied. So it's not just food you will stay away from. You minimize your engagement with your phone. You will minimize the television you are watching. You know, all those things to focus on the Lord. So that's the whole idea. Put your focus on Jesus. So what you should do this season is play scriptures a lot when you're in your car. Play sermons. So just fill up the hours of the day with the knowledge of God. That's the whole idea. Fill up the, the, the hours of the day with the knowledge of God so that your spirit stays heightened. So God bless you all. I love you very much. And make sure you pray for me and pray for my family. Pray that the Lord strengthens and sustains me and gives me the ability to keep coming and pouring and giving it to you. I, 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 I'm going to give my best to you in this season. Um, I, what the curriculum I'm going to be teaching you from is from my school, E.C. Benedicta Institute, but I'm going to just, you know, use it to teach you for the next couple of days. Invite your friends, invite your family to join, you know, and let's just, um, you know, bring this momentum in the realm of the spirit. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you again tomorrow. Stay in the Lord. God bless you. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.